1: This is a podcast from Minute Media.
2: Welcome to the Rockspile Podcast, part of Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here
3: are your hosts, Kevin Henry
2: and Noah Yingling.
3: And welcome into the late night version of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. I am Noah Yingling, one of the co-experts of Rocks Pile. And as always, I'm joined by Kevin Henry, who... Uh, I say late night, it's actually, depending on what time you're considering, it's late night
2: for you, but early morning for me. But anyways, how are you? (laughs) Well, you know, good. Uh, Quite an evening at Coors Field. Anytime the Padres come to Coors, you just know something crazy is going to happen at least once during the series. And it feels like tonight was that night uh, when the Padres and Rockies decided to go all Coors all the time.
3: And let it be there, let it be known that there was a controversial play at the plate between the Rockies and Padres, and Bud Black isn't happy with the call. I've, we've never seen that before.
2: Yeah, I don't think we have. I think that that is a brand new thing that the universe is thrown out there. Uh, yeah, I can't think of any other time that that's ever happened, uh, even in, oh, I don't know, October. That's just crazy. So And, it's,
3: and especially when uh, the catcher at the plate without the ball, and then the the runner has to go around and most definitely touch home plate. Yeah. Never seen that before.
2: Well, let's let's give some props to Bud. You know, and and I think Bud doesn't get enough credit for the job that he does with the roster he's given. And I love the fact that the the dude shows emotion. The dude, if he believes he's right, he will let the ump know that, and and I think it's good for his players to see that he's still got his heart into this, and and it doesn't matter the record, it doesn't matter anything else. He's going to go out there and, and protest what he thinks is right for one of his players, and and I think that that's something that you know we don't ever get to see that side of Bud just with his players. But I, I don't think you can underestimate how much of an impact that it makes when a manager is admired by his clubhouse. Because I think that's one of the big things we saw with Toronto, uh, letting their manager go. Yeah. Uh, he, he lost the clubhouse. And I don't think there's a situation that come up that Bud Black would lose the clubhouse.
3: I mean, even in, on the south side of Chicago, they have a Hall of Famer managing them. They yep. quite literally have a Hall of Famer managing them, and he's lost their clubhouse.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and you look at how a La Russa, uh, you know, even a Charlie Montoyo, how were how they viewed versus what Bud is doing? And I know the White Sox were expected to do great things. I know the Blue Jays were expected to do great things. Uh, Bud's good buddy, uh, Mr. Madden, out there with the Angels, whenever he was let go, uh, you know, Joe Girardi. Big things were expected. I know not much was expected from the Rockies this year, but still the fact that Bud keeps that ship going forward and the fact that those players still play hard for him and for that team, I think it says a lot.
3: Yeah. And I mean, they unless something drastically happens here in the next two and a half weeks, they're going to be sellers yeah um to what extent we don't know but i i think he's done well with the cards he's been given absolutely i mean he hasn't he doesn't have the best deck on, on there at, at the table but i mean if you were to say okay the rockies are 9 games under 500 and they've gotten less than 30 games from bryant Mm-hmm. And they have exactly three players with an OPS plus above league average. And they have two starting pitchers at or above league average. And really, you've had three good relievers, yep. Bard, yep. Colomay, and Gilbreth. I mean, I would have said, yeah, probably lower than nine games below 500.
2: I, I agree.
3: Speaking of which, this and we played this game last year. Rockies by war. Crone. And this is baseball references for Crone is number one. Okay. Number two is Brendan Rogers. And especially after that awful April he had. Says something. Daniel Barrett is three. Ryan McMahon is four. If you would have said Chad Cool was five, I would have said you were nuts. Right. Maybe the fifth starter, but <laughs> not, no. not fifth overall on the team. Sixth is Connor Joe. Seventh is Tyler Kinley. And Tyler Kinley hasn't pitched in a month. Nope. Charlie nope. Blackman is next. Kyle Freeland is number nine. Can you tell me who 10 and 11 are? You never,
2: ever would have guessed it at the beginning of the year. Um, did you mention Daza in there? Did I blink? No. Okay. He is not in the
3: top twelve.
2: Okay. All right. Give me ten and eleven then.
3: Jose Urania,
2: uh, and Brian Servin. How about that, huh? <laughs> That's pretty crazy, to be honest with you. Yeah. That really Ureña is. Urania
3: is number ten. Wow.
2: And and you know you're, you're right. I don't think we we saw Chad Cool what he was going to do this year. Uh, you know, there's a lot of surprises in that top 12. And then it goes back to what you were saying about how active are the Rockies going to be at the trade deadline? Is Chad Cool really on the move? I know you wrote an article today for Rockspile on some destinations that could use Chad Cool, But yet, I know our friend Daniel Allentuck with the Gazette uh, pretty much heard from Bill Schmidt that it may be a very quiet deadline again for the Rockies. and. I look at this roster, and I see tonight, Just let's just focus on tonight. You've got Jag Cool who started the game. Um, didn't have the best game, let's be perfectly honest. No. Uh, Alex Colomay, who left last night with a hamstring, what they're calling, I believe, a strain. Uh, very mild one, though. They're expecting him to come back. Uh, not a significant strain, but could be two or three days before he's available again. That's CJ Crone gets hit in the wrist, still is not 100%. You know, those you're talking about some pretty big possibilities, potential trade pieces there that are all either didn't look the best or are having some issues. And so, I wonder much like a lot of the talk uh, has been around Frankie Montes with the A's and his shoulder. How much is the injuries and what they're doing right before the All Star break going to impact how teams look at them to possibly pick them up after the All Star break? If the Rockies even make them available,
3: the one player I, and I, I really think as especially since our last podcast, I, it's either last podcast, or the podcast episode before, we predicted I think like three, maybe four guys would be traded. Yep. I really hope it's not the case, but I wouldn't be surprised if only
2: one is traded. And who's that one then? Jose Iglesias, who had a heck of a game tonight, by the way. Yeah, yeah, I I agree, and I think you know one thing that I know you're working on for Rockspile now is about how Ezekiel Tovar has shot up the prospect list, and I think the pieces are starting to come together that Tovar could be at Coors. On schedule or ahead of schedule, so Iglesias going somewhere else. The way that he's playing right now, and having a um, you know a, a patch for that until Tovar is ready, uh, an Alan Trejo, uh, you know, a, a Hampson. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities there, and I think that that's the most logical play. You know, even how Urania has looked. You know, I still think if you take Chad Cool out of the equation, you're still talking a very thin rotation. Yes. So I think the one place that it makes the most sense is with Iglesias. I agree with that completely.
3: Side note. I don't know if you knew this. You You probably do, but I'm just being an idiot. I was today years old when I found out that Jose Iglesias and CJ Crone were born on the same exact day in the same
2: exact year. You know, that has been bantered around a little bit in the press box at Coors. <laughs> I, I will say it's a very weird, uh, and I guess they discovered it themselves, uh, in spring training. So I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall for that conversation, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: January 5th, 1990. By the way, if you if you want to feel old, Kevin, there oh. are exactly well you're going to feel old anyways. Um, <laughs> there there are four, exactly four players on the Rockies that were born before
2: 1990.
3: Yeah, Bard, Blackman, Shasin, and
2: Colomy. There you go. Uh, those were the four I had in my head. That's yeah, and we're just you know getting into that. You know, every time I see a Zach Bean highlight. Every time I see a Tovar highlight, I go, oh, I know how old they are. So Montero. Montero yeah. is younger than I am. Yep. Montero, gosh. Montero is such an interesting thing. And maybe we'll talk about this after the break. Um, but I will tell you, Montero is in a really, really tough situation with the Rockies right now. Not just because... Of the playing time, but the way that the roster is kind of taking shape. So, why don't we hold that thought for just a second and let's tackle that here after the break on the Rockspile Rockies report? And Kevin Henry backs alongside my friend and uh, co expert Noah Yingling. We are uh, the guys who run rockspile.com. We appreciate you reading our stuff and listening to this podcast. So, Noah, before the break, I was talking about Montero. And there's going to be a situation come up likely Thursday afternoon when Chris Bryant returns from paternity leave. I understand that that is going to be when Chris Bryant comes back to the Rockies. And I've got a whole other thing to talk about Chris Bryant here in a minute. But the Rockies are going to have to make a move. They brought Sam Hilliard up when Chris Bryant went on the paternity leave. I don't think Chris Bryant, or sorry, I don't think Sam Hilliard is leaving whenever Chris Bryant comes back. I think it's going to be Montero. And I think the way that Bryant has, or sorry, the way that Hilliard has been playing uh, last night and tonight's game, I think that they are going to give him another chance to do what he can do in the outfield to provide that power bat. And I just don't think that Montero is going to get the playing time that they want him to. And I think he's going to be the odd man out whenever the roster moves made.
3: And frankly, I think that's a mistake. Agreed. Well, I, I think. One, it, for Montero's sake. Two, too many outfielders.
2: I, I agree. But here, here's my thought Would I rather have Montero hitting in Albuquerque or sitting on the bench in Colorado? Because he's not going to play. I mean, that's been that's made the very
0: other clear. I have.
2: Right. It's been made very clear he's not going to play. So but yet Sam Hilliard is going to be inserted back in the lineup. So I, and I agree with you, don't get me wrong, but I, I if I were a betting man, Oh yeah. I, I, that would be the bet that's coming.
3: Yeah. I would 100% bet that. And I would 100% cringe at betting that. Yeah. No, so, that, that, that's one thing with the Rockies where whether it's Bud Black, whether it's, the powers that be in the front office. I think that is one of their weaknesses of, okay, we're going to give name, whatever veteran you want. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in from yesteryear, Ian Desmond, whoever mm-hmm. of, okay, we're going to give all this playing time to this veteran that hasn't showed us much. Granted Hilliard's been better in the last few games, but you have, all these guys that okay we have assuming Brian is back this Bryant Joe Daza Grichik Blackman assuming when he gets off the injured list I, Bouchard I assume is going to head down but I would
2: that. yep
3: okay you aren't going to trade any of these guys away at the trade deadline you aren't going to trade Grichik you aren't going to trade Blackman granted with Blackman you don't. You, your hands are kind of tied there because he could say no to a trade. You aren't going to trade Crone. You aren't contending this year. If you do prove me wrong, please. I will be more than happy to say I was wrong, but you have all these roadblocks in for your younger players. And you're saying, okay, these are your guys that you're going to be relying on in the future and why you're still trying to hold on to the past.
2: Right. I, I agree with you. And, and I think Montero is in a really difficult position right now because he's not going to get the playing time with the way the roster is currently constructed. And unless they go very un like and shake up that roster, I don't see it happening next year either. Because Crone will be back. McMahon will be back. Yeah, Chuck will be back. Yeah, Yeah, I I mean,
3: Chuck, he'll take a 50% pay cut, but if he wants to stay in Colorado, he'll be back in Colorado if he wants.
2: And, And one thing that Charlie Blackman said that was really interesting after the game last night, he was talking about how that he has embraced the DH role more because he's learned that the rest does him good. And he even talked about how that when Nolan took a day off, Nolan would come back and just scorch the ball. And he said, he's actually discovered that being the DH he's kind of changed his tune a little bit on it. Cause he hated it so much. Now all of a sudden he's seen the benefits of it. Yeah. So again, Chuck's not going anywhere. And, and you know, the way that Chuck's hitting great, keep, keep doing you Chuck. But Where are you going to play Montero if those three pieces are coming back?
3: And if you thought it was so necessary to trade Nolan Arenado, and one of you, the key piece was Montero. Why aren't you going to give him playing time?
2: Uh, Yeah, that (laughs) there's no answer to be honest with you. So
3: in, in, People wonder why national media, they question what the Rockies are doing and say, oh, they they must be idiots. It's because they're doing stuff like that. We're like, okay, you're going to sign Arnato. You know you can't afford him. So you, you essentially put yourself in a corner and the only team that will trade for him is the Cardinals. And they will only do that because you're giving them $50 million. Right. So you try to get a semi-decent prospect return. And the, the biggest prospect in it, you aren't going to give any playing time. Yeah, Makes absolutely no sense.
2: And, and I think that we've got to look at, you know, look around Major League Baseball right now. Um, Julio Rodriguez in Seattle. You, know, you look at all the guys who are set up to be the leaders for NL and AL Rookie of the Year. The biggest thing that I see is guys that got a chance to show what they could do. You know, Think about the impact that Julio Rodriguez has made and the excitement that there has been around him. Even earlier in the year, a Spencer Torkelson even earlier in the year of Bobby Witt Jr., even later in the year, uh, Mr. Harris there with the Atlanta Braves. Spencer Strider, you know, with the Braves as well. There are a lot of guys that when given the chance at a young age, they've been able to show what they can do. And look back at Brendan Rogers. I think that that's a really good example. Because Brendan Rodgers took so long to finally get into the lineup. Now, he's showing what he can do this year. Because he settled in at second. He's healthy. And he's had the chance to get all the at-bats that he needs. Granted, the start of the year was horrible. But since then, he's become, as you, I believe, said in our last podcast, he's played like an all-star. But it took how long for Brendan Rodgers to finally find a place and enough playing time to actually make that happen.
3: And another thing as well is, okay, they've, to use a term that some Rockies personnel have used before, they've kind of pigeonholed him there at second. Yep. Oh, he can't play short. We're not playing him at short. Okay. So now you're pigeonholing him at second if you didn't and actually moved him to short, you could put McMahon at second and then actually give Montero some playing time. Sure. Granted, he's not great defensively at third, but it's not like you're going to be in the playoffs this year again on that. That's another thing where they could, they make the playoffs. Sure. But they have a 0.2% chance
2: of making it. Yeah. You know, but you There's look so much it. has
3: to go right for it to happen.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, I agree completely. You know, and what's one of the biggest stories, or I should say two, two of the biggest stories that you have heard this past week has been the great play of the Baltimore Orioles and the great play of the Seattle Mariners. And you know what? Good for them. Long winning streaks. Good for them. But are they near the top of their division? Now they're getting in wild card contention. Yeah. You know, but still, the Astros are still winning. The Yankees are still winning. And the same would be said if the Rockies went on a 10-game winning streak. The Dodgers are probably going to keep winning. So would it really get them back into contention to put something like that together? And if it does, would that be because they actually tried to put a Montero in? Or Sam Hilliard suddenly came back and was Mickey Mantle point two? Or
3: hear me out. What if the Rockies are buyers at the trade deadline?
2: I, I think that would be some galaxy brain stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to tell you, that would. But, you know, for most
3: teams, I, I would say absolutely no way. But for the Rockies.
2: Well, I wouldn't no. have thought the Orioles were going to be. I mean, Pablo Lopez, they're looking at getting him for the Marlins. I mean, the, yeah. The, yeah, it's insane.
3: And mind you, the Marlins are three games ahead of the Rockies. <laughs> huh. Interesting. And, and, that's, and that's the problem, is the Mariners and Orioles are in the American League. The American League is not a good league.
2: It's certainly not. In, in
3: past years, it, had, it was always the National League. But once you get past the division leaders, I mean, Tampa, they're on pace for about 90 wins. Boston, mid-80s. Seattle, mid-80s. Toronto, mid-80s. Boston, Seattle and Toronto are tied for the se- uh, as as we're recording this, they're tied for the second and third wild card spots and one being out. They each are 47 and 42.
2: I I don't even know, man. I mean, seriously. The Rockies if they
3: had a 10 game winning streak, they would have to uh, To be even in the playoff picture, they'd have to leapfrog the Marlins, Phillies, and Giants, and one of the Padres and Cardinals. It's not going to happen. Too many teams.
2: It's it's
3: as simple as that. It's not going to happen.
2: I agree. I agree completely. And I think that that's where reality comes into play at this trade deadline in a lot of ways is, okay, you know, as as Danielle wrote in her column, you know, Bill Schmidt said that there are guys who want to be here. That's great. You know, and, and I think it's good that a Chad Cool comes in from the and I'm using air quotes here outside and pitches. Well, of course, I yeah. think it's good that a Jose Urania can come in and show that he can pitch at altitude. That's great. I think that's good for the Rockies moving forward to hopefully get some of these pitchers to get that cool stigma out of their mind if they can throw the ball down low. Bud Black talked extensively back that yesterday and how important that, that was. But <laughs> if you're, is Chad Cool part of the future of your rotation? And as MLB trade rumors wrote earlier today, if you say yes, Chad Cool's our guy. Guess what? You've just locked yourself into the same exact rotation for next year. Yeah, all five guys are back. So,
3: and what have all five guys done for you this year?
2: You know, there's been stretches where they've been great, but you know, your Rollisons, your Lamberts, you know, uh, your your Feltners. What happens to them then next year? Is that are they just depth pieces?
3: Yeah, and I mean some as it is with all minor league guys, some of them will pan out, but some of them won't. And you have to realize, okay, it's time to cut this guy from the major leagues because this guy in the minor leagues with we think he's gonna be better. But the Rockies, they've extended Senzatella. He's injured again, five ERA. They extended Marquez. Five more than five and a half ERA. Freeland, he's even got an ERA of four and three quarters. You got those three guys locked locked up long term. Gomber's pitching to an ERA north of six. And your best starter's been Chad Cool. Yep. So, and that's another thing of creating the consistency, consistency and health. That's the two signs of a non mediocre team. Mm-hmm. Rockies haven't been consistent and they haven't been healthy.
2: Well, and look ahead to Sunday's start. That right now against the Pirates at Coorsfield is a TBA. And Bud said earlier today he's not sure how that last start of the season is going to pan out. Senza looked good. Before the All-Star break. Oh, yeah, sorry, before the All-Star break. Absolutely. Senza looked good. Season doesn't end in July, Kevin. Well, you know, <laughs> I hear that uh, you can't. In quit. theory. You can't win the pennant in April, but you can sure lose it out right here. Yeah. Uh, but Senza looked good in his rehab start. You know, I would not be surprised at all if Senza is brought back up for that one start just to see what he looks like, to see if he can lower his hits for nine innings, which is god awful. But that'd at least give them something to think about. But of course, you bring Senza back, there's a move that needs to be made there.
3: Yeah. And assuming Senzatello is brought up, what do you do with Urania?
2: Right. And I think that's the question. I don't think that you can at this point say, well, we'll just, you know, he he served his peace. And I forget was was it me and you that were talking about is he is this he is he Tim Melville? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and we remember Melville had some great starts and then faded off, as I think you pointed out. I don't think the Rockies can say this is Tim Melville 2.0, and so they're going to cut Urania right right now.
3: Yeah. Honestly, I kind of wonder, assuming Urania, they, they keep him around. And in the majors. Let's say they even decide to make him the long reliever. Do they finally decide to cut Yuliya? Scene.
2: I, I think Do we they
3: have maybe the even point. send Austin Gomber to the bullpen, or Austin Gomber
2: does have a minor league option. I can't. I just can't see that happening. But I mean, it's an option. I agree with you. It's an option, and I don't think that you. Do anything. I mean, technically, you could send down a Jake Bird or somebody like that right before the All-Star break. You technically could. Yeah. And then have a six-man rotation in, on paper, at least, for whenever you see the Rockies in Milwaukee right after the All-Star break. But we also know that Bud's not a big fan of the six-man rotation either.
3: But therein lies the problem with, okay, we're going to give a ton of run of roster spots to veterans that aren't pulling their weight. Nope. You wonder why you're in last place. Shasin. Now he has an ERA of 759. Stevenson got the win and he had a scoreless inning today, but he still got an ERA of 565. Bird has not been great with, particularly with the control. Yeah, I think that's been my Biggest thing with seeing him is the control is not where it should be. Um, I mean, he's got an ERA close to five now. Block is at six. Estevez has been better lately, but still he's at four and a half. And that's the thing. With a playoff team, you have to have 20 of your guys having career years. How many Rockies are having career years this year? Right. Maybe three. Maybe that's pushing it.
2: Well, I still think that the Rockies keep Urania around to make a start in Milwaukee. And they should, he, where he started the season. You know, they why not? Yeah, yeah. I think that that is a very real possibility. So that something has to give. Oh yeah. Oh, there's going to be roster moves made, and I think we've talked about the Bryant one. Obviously, that's it's happening there but I think that there's going to have to be another pitching move made, obviously, if they decide that Sensatella gets a Sunday start. If not, you know, and they just kind of say, all right, we're just going to turn a blind eye until after the all-star break. We'll see.
3: Before we get out of here, though, um, speaking of
2: Chris Bryant.
3: Yes. You had a story about him on
2: the Rockies blog. I did. I did. And uh, I will say – I spent about 15 minutes uh, just one-on-one with Chris Bryant. Uh, there's going to be another story coming out on the Rockies blog, as well as lots of stuff coming out on Rock's pile about Chris Bryant and some of the conversation we had. Um, and congratulations uh, to him as their family is growing. Uh, we don't, as of tonight, I don't think there's an actual confirmation the twins have been born yet but I I haven't seen anything official, but I'm sure something will come out before he returns from the paternity list. But I will say that there were a few folks who took issue with Chris Bryan going on the paternity list just as he's starting to hit home runs. Isn't that just like him? Guys, this is a human being. This is a human being who's a dad. You know, I will tell you, Chris Bryant was absolutely 110% right to take – to be put on paternity leave, to leave Arizona, to be with his wife, to welcome the twins into the world, whenever that might be, just like Josh Hader is okay for missing the All-Star game to be with his newborn. You know, we need to quit saying, well, they're professional athletes. We're paying them X amount of money. You know what? Absolutely. And I understand the frustration that there has been with Bryant this season and he's heard it. You know, that's one thing he made abundantly clear to me. He understands that there has been frustration and you can get mad about his back. You can get mad about him taking time to get back, whatever. I don't think you have a leg to stand on. If you say he shouldn't have taken time off to be there for the birth of his kids. Sorry, just don't. Yeah.
3: They're human beings. One, they, the athletes are Two. You want to be there for your kids, and three. What's his wife supposed to do? Right. I mean, they're married. They yeah. they, they have a life outside of their work. They do, and yeah. it's not fair to any spouse that oh okay my my significant other is uh is is a pro sports player or whatever sport. And oh, I he, he or she's not gonna be around because their job. No, it's not how it works. They're humans, and they it is frustrating that he was just heating up after the injury and all that. But again, they're humans, you'll be fine. The, the fans will be fine,
2: the fans will be fine. You know, and I I understand, again, I, I get the frustration, but I also look and I say, would Chris Bryant have made the difference in a one-run loss the other night? Maybe. Yeah. But, but is that one game really worth you saying, you know what? Yeah, you need to be there and miss being around your kids right after they've won. No.
3: And obviously the, the, the chance that this would happen is minute, but – what if something were to happen to his wife or the kids while she's giving birth? Sure. And he's in Arizona.
2: Yeah. It's just,
3: it's not. That would impact him long, a lot more long-term mentally. of Oh, something happened to my wife and our kids because I wasn't there. And I was a jackass being in Arizona playing for a team. That's not going to make the playoffs this year.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, and I think, I think we've seen enough this year with all the vaccination stuff and everything going on, and it's a whole other topic, but, you know, people putting themselves above team. You know, well, I'm I'm not going to Toronto because I didn't get vaccinated or boosted or whatever it might be. You know what? This is not that case. This is not Chris Bryant putting himself above team. This is Chris Bryant being a family guy. Yeah. And not not the Fox series, but actually being – Uh, a a, a dad a husband
3: yeah and it is 100 percent not about him no you can argue whether or not on the vaccination thing of whether it's about them or about the team but it's it's either about the player or about the team this is about the family
2: right
3: family didn't sign up for him being i mean uh, obviously the with the amount that he's making they are going to be set pretty much for life, but they aren't born into the situation of, oh, my dad's a a baseball player, so he was in whatever city because he has a job.
2: Yeah. Yep. Well, we will look forward to seeing Chris Bryant back at Coors Field. He will be back, uh, again, reportedly possibly Thursday, um we'll check in we will be at Coors to let you know about that on Twitter as well as uh, obviously again appreciate the time that he spent with me uh for what we're gonna see on rockspell.com for what you're gonna see on the Rockies blog uh it was a really interesting conversation just to get to know him a little bit more and to get uh some insight as to how this first part of the season's been because it hasn't been an easy one on any level but yeah
3: We will have plenty more exclusives coming up on the site other than Chris Bryant. One of them we have already teased on Twitter. Um, If you haven't seen what it is, check it out. Um, If not, you'll see it on the site here soon enough. Um, We'll have some others as well. And we already have some ideas for Milwaukee too, because I will be there in Milwaukee. You will be there. Including one historical article, but You have to know your baseball history well enough.
2: We will not know
3: what anniversary will be coming during those
2: four days. Exactly. It is going to be a lot of stuff coming up. Obviously we have the all-star break. We have the home run derby. we got a lot coming up next week. We will break it all down uh, on the next podcast. But until then, we have some home games against the Padres and the pirates uh, to end the end the first half of the season. And we will be back to break those down as well. So for my friend and colleague, Noe Yingling, this is Kevin Henry signing off on the Rockspot Rockies report. And as always, go Rockies.
0: Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it?
1: I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96%